3500 or donate online at wcbn.org. We certainly appreciate you. Thank you for listening to my show, and thank you for listening to WCBN altogether. I am going to turn it over now to the very talented T. Hetzel on Living Writers. So stick around for that. It promises to be a good one, as always. Good afternoon. You've got Living Writers on WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. I'm T. Hetzel, and today I'm so happy to have Catherine Lacey here in the studio. Um, Catherine, welcome to WCBN. Thanks for having me. It's, it's really fun here. <laughs> it's great to see you, and thanks for being game for fundraiser. Because oh, yeah. It's WCBN's annual fundraiser 2020. Um, so everyone out there listening, we are so glad that you are out there so glad and and lucky that you're listening. Um, give us a call. Let us know you're listening. Um, support WCBN, um, your community radio station. Um, I feel like it's a, like a bit of a, the part of the a big part of the heart of Ann Arbor. Um, so the number to call is seven three four seven six three thirty five hundred. Again, that's seven six three thirty five hundred. You can also uh, go online if you want wcbn.org. Um, and we've got Sam behind the glass today. Uh, hey, hey, Sam! It's a fundraiser. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're gonna have. I know Catherine already said it's fun around here. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's a fundraiser. So um, let's raise that fun. We're gonna talk about writing Catherine's books. Um, also, um, a big happy birthday shout out to Gina, um, who's celebrating her birthday today. Uh, engineer Gina Brandolino. Um, and hi to Ellen, too. All right. So without further ado, I'd like to read uh, Catherine's bio. Here we go. 
Catherine Lacey is the author of four works of fiction, Nobody is Ever Missing, The Answers, Certain American States, and the forthcoming novel, Pew. She's recently published work in The New Yorker, Harper's, and The Believer. Her books have been translated into several languages. She's a 2019 Guggenheim Fellow, a recipient of the Whiting Award, and earned an Artist Fellowship from the New York Foundation for the Arts. Granta Magazine named her one of their best of young American novelists in 2017. Born in Mississippi, she now lives in Chicago. And is visiting... Ann Arbor. That's right. And you'll be reading tomorrow in the Zell Visiting Writers Series um, at UMA at about 5-ish, I think. Yeah, I think 5 or 5.30. Okay. I think 5.30. But arrive like around 5 to get a good seat. (laughs) I guess (laughs) I think they'll give me an okay seat. (laughs) Right, right. I meant more everyone out there. (laughs) Catherine, hopefully you'll have like maybe a, a Sure, right up front, I'd right. imagine. I hope so. <laughs> they're, they're generous. They're kind that way. They get there early enough. <laughs> That's right. I know. Bring the placards. Yeah. Um, well, well, Catherine, so you're, you're coming to town. You've got um, a, a, your forthcoming novel, mm-hmm. Pew, is, I think, slated to launch... In May. In May, yep. Um, that, that's pretty ex- exciting. Yeah. Um, we've also got your book, Certain American States Stories, on the table with us. Um, I don't know. Do you mind if we start with the most recent, Pew, like what you've just got coming, coming sure, out? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you want me to tell you about it? Yeah, <laughs> okay. a little bit. Would you mind no, it's, a little it's bit an easy about one the... to descri- It's an easy one to describe, I think, uh, or... I, I don't know. Sometimes when somebody asks you, like, what's your novel about? I'm just like, I blank. I'm like, I don't know what it's, what it's about. It's like, I don't know what it's about. You tell me what it's about. But I think with Pew, it's, 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 it's a pretty simple plot. It takes place over the course of one week. It happens in a kind of abstracted South. Um, and it centers on, uh, there is a person who's found sleeping in a church and, um, no one in this town can really agree w- what this person looks like. They they can't decide whether they're male or female or where they're from or what their race is or anything. Um, and it's not because they don't have one or they claim to be anything. It's just everyone sees something different in them and they don't speak. So they don't ever claim anything. Um, and this, this person, this figure um, sort of observes the town and people kind of confess things to them. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when a, a character or as a human being, if you're quiet for a while, what you're what you'll hear. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I, I just started reading Pew yesterday. Okay. <laughs> um, it's uh, last night, so um, I, I haven't I haven't gotten as far into it as I had, had wanted to, but I love it, and it, it pulls you in. It's a very, um, I don't, it's it's there's something about it where um, I felt like I was entering the world. Um, slowly, but then I was sure of it once I was in it in this in the strange abstracted southern yeah. town. Yeah, and it, I mean it is. I'm from Mississippi, and it is based, you know, in some ways on, on like every town I've spent any time in there. Um, but in other ways, it's you know it, it's ridiculous. It's impossible. Uh, I kind of like these these books that have some kind of premise that's just completely impossible to execute because of course there's no such thing as a person that doesn't have a background, doesn't have a, anything that's just born in like a blank slate. Uh, and and so trying to render this person is, uh, I, you know, I, I failed before I even started, and so that kind of <laughs> like gave me permission just to write it. Um, yeah, so. 
and and it's the same I think for the for the other characters too. Like when you when the center of the book is is an impossibility, I think it kind of it gives you a little bit more freedom to, um, yeah, not have to hew so closely to this reality that we necessarily live in because it's the book I hope is more of a space to engage with an idea rather than like a narrative that you're following to you know be thrilled by a plot or something like that. And is it sort of this, when you say engage with an idea, is it like in a way, like you're, you're creating this experience for the reader to be in it somehow with Pew as the lens. Right, right. And, and to try and see them in the same way that, uh, all these different people are are attempting to see them. Um, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's, it's a question, it's the questions that the book sets up are not ones that I have answered. <laughs> they're, they're just questions that I set up or out around the book to ha- just to create a space that anybody could sort of enter and sort of deal with these questions. Um, yeah. And, and this is probably a pretty typical question, <laughs> but with, when this, when Pew, the novel, when it, when it was starting, like, did it, did it start with, this character yeah. that you felt was absolutely it was i mean unnamed. it's the only time i've had this experience where i know like exactly where i was when when i started the book i, I don't really i don't understand like what made me think of it or anything but uh yeah i just i was like you know i could just see that there was this figure that no one could determine what they were and they weren't giving any clues and then that person was trying to make their way through Mississippi. And I was just like, it should, it should be in a week and I'll start on Sunday and then I'll know I'm done when I get to Saturday. And like, I don't know. It was just, so I knew that, I knew that container going in, or I knew that I was going to attempt that. Like I've known lots of, I knew that I was going to write a story about, you know, I don't know, astronauts. And then that's, I never finished that story. You know, like there's like, there's knowing that you're going to write something and then there's actually completing it. And those are often <laughs> different things. But this is the only time I, that I was clear about the container from the very beginning and then actually completed it. Can you talk a little bit more about know the container? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I never like when I say that I mean uh I knew I knew immediately what the parameters of the book would be or or I thought that I knew. Um and then I was actually correct about that. I mean, I like for instance, like when I wrote when I was writing my first novel, I had no clue what the container was at all. Like I was sort of following this woman adrift uh, hitchhiking and kept on writing these stories about her. And I was just like, I don't know where she's going. I don't know when this is going to end. I don't know if she should go home. I don't know what she's doing. And it was just confusion for like three years. And then somehow it was done. And I don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know how I got there. Um, but, and then but I guess, you also, for three years, you also kept going. There yeah. was something in it that you knew, like, <laughs> to yeah, believe I don't know. in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm giving a talk while I'm here too, to the students. And, uh, I make the argument in the talk that delusion is a really important part of, uh, of completing anything. I think when it comes to the creative arts, like you just, it's not actually true that you have to finish it. You don't have to finish it, but you have to delude yourself into thinking that it's important that you do it because otherwise nothing will get made if we, if we don't like have some degree of, of self delusion when it comes to, um, the necessity of finishing something. Um, cause it's, imp- well, it's important. It's important that that human beings have things to read and look at. And I think that's, um, that's important. It's not necessarily important that I personally write. I've deluded myself into thinking that it is person, it is personally important for me to do it. But, 
uh, it was not, <laughs> you know, and like I, both I can hold both things in my hands. I believe that it is, and I know that it's not, and and both things are true. So, and it's it seems like it's that belief also that keeps you going and keeps you like getting up in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess I get up for a lot of reasons. I have a dog. He wants to be walked. Oh, right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and when I said that, I actually meant, because I read somewhere that you, like, your process is you work in the morning. Yeah. So I didn't actually mean it in that it gives you a reason to <laughs> be alive. Although writing does, I guess, in a way, right? For all of us that believe it in, in yeah, some yeah. way. Well, but... I mean, it is, It. I, I, I think there's two different things. There's writing to complete something, and then there's just writing generally. And I think... Just writing generally, there's, I mean, I think that's, that can be a tool anyone can use. You don't ever have to share anything with anyone. And it's just the process of sort of turning your thoughts into language. There's something really um, sacred about that, I think, and, and useful. And, um, but that's, that to me is a different thing than writing to give things to other people. It's like a, they're two different processes to me. I mean, they, they, they overlap, but um, they're not necessarily always friends, you know. <laughs> these two different modes of, of, of making. So, and why is that? Do you think? Um, I guess there's probably a lot of reasons. Um, um, well, I mean, there's, there's this freedom you have when you, when you first start writing and nobody's read anything that you've written yet. And, uh, you, you don't have anyone's opinions in your head you don't have whether positive or negative, you know? And I think that, Every every writer after they publish a book or two uh, or more, I think is constantly just trying to get back to that place where you're like, remember what I would write when I when I didn't think anybody was going to read it, you know? Because there's something. I mean, sometimes there's you know, it, I, sometimes you're writing stuff that only you're going to read, and there's a reason, you know. But then other times there's things that can come out in that place that are not about um, they're not about pleasing other people, and it's not about. Um, uh, trying to reflect at other people something that will get you something, you know? Um, Because I don't really think that a person can write about themselves, ultimately. Like, I think even if you write about the most personal, private thing that's ever happened to you that you almost don't want to tell anyone, that that thing, you actually share it with almost everyone else on the planet, you know? Whatever it is that you think is too personal, it's not, there's no such thing as, as the personal, ultimately, because everything you've experienced, other people have experienced, too. So... So, yeah, yeah, it's it seems so, so um, it's it's so it's so kind of interesting and inspiring smashed together (laughs) to hear you talk about these like two separate ways of um, making or being as a writer. Right. And I'm not sure I've ever thought of it that way. Right. Uh Like, yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Well, I mean, maybe it's not true for other people. Like, maybe it's not actually. No, it makes sense. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I mean, they can overlap. Sometimes it's happening at the same time, or sometimes you think you're writing something private and it's for other people and, and the other way around. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, we're all, everybody's writing in their head all the time, you know? And so, like, that's, I feel like that's why, uh, well, I feel like that's that's one of the things that I've always gravitated gravitated to about books is that it's so transportable you know you can just you're all you, it's not like you're glass blowing or you, you have to leave glass blowing supplies <laughs> in the studio and you can't have you know molten glass with you at all times but um, <laughs> the molten glass of the mind yeah exactly <laughs> 
we'll, we'll take a short break, okay. and then we'll come back. Today on the program, Catherine Lacey is here. Certain American states, stories, um, out with Picador, um, Pew, the forthcoming novel um, coming out in May. Uh, we've got Sarah behind, Sam behind the glass. I'm a little bit tired today. T here behind this microphone. Um, call us. It's fundraiser. We're fundraising, right, Sam? Right? Okay. Right, right, Catherine? 734-763-3500. I think I saw Tex out there too. So maybe Tex will be by. We'll be right back. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I'm so glad you did. Today on the program, Catherine Lacey is here. Um, You've got Fundraiser on WCBN FM Ann Arbor this week, as you know. Um, Loyal listeners, wonderful people. Um, We are so glad you're part of our community. Hey, Sue Dice is here. Oh, my mom just called. Hi, mom. Thanks for calling in. (laughs) Sue, thanks for coming in to let us know. Come on back whenever. (laughs) So, yeah, um, everyone... Be like my mom. (laughs) Call in to WCBN right now. The number is 734-763-3500. Don't worry. We have more than one phone. Uh, We've got wonderful people uh, there to to pick up the phone. Um, Sue just came in. Um, You can talk to Sue uh, Dice, Area of Refuge, Fame, um, and, and... yeah, so give us a call, 734-763-3500. Um, so, Catherine, uh-huh. back to you. Right <laughs> um, so thanks for picking the songs for yeah. today's show. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about what we just heard at the break? Yeah, so that was part of uh, a song called Gumption by uh, a, an artist who goes by my friend. Her real name is Taryn Miller. Um, and... I got obsessed with her. She had like an EP and like an album and I somehow came across it. And I will sometimes do this thing where I just, I can't stop playing. I can't stop playing an album. I'll just play it back to back like for days. And and I was doing that with one of her records. And and then I saw that she was coming to, I was living in Brooklyn. She was coming to Brooklyn and I, um, uh, I couldn't go to her show, but I thought I'll, maybe I can get, I, I would sometimes do interviews like over um, email for uh different magazines or whatever and there was so i got i got one lined up and i was doing one for um 
Brooklyn Magazine sent the questions through her publicist. They come to her. They come back. And then, <laughs> and then like a week later, the thing goes up on the internet. And then she didn't know that I had been the one interviewing her. But it turns out that I had not only published one book, but she had read that book. And not only has she read that book, but she had taken a line from it. And actually, the album that I was listening to, I didn't realize, but she had... The, I think that it was that song at the very end. It's like this line just repeated becomes sort of the texture of the of the of the chorus or I don't really know exactly what the term would be. But anyway, so then I think that's kind of the end of the story. Oh yeah, she God. didn't know. That's like, yeah, she just <laughs> she didn't know. I didn't know that I was listening to her response to something I had made. And then she didn't know that I was the one interviewing her. That's the whole story. <laughs> and so what happened when but when you realized we both this, just freaked out. And it was just yeah. like emails that were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. Oh, my God. Like, no. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> well, because it's amazing because it's like both of you, like your art was talking to each other yeah. before the two of you did. Yeah. And then like a uh, like a month later, I was in Las Vegas to give it to t- talk at a university and one of the students that picked me up he said i'm from kansas city and i was like i know this musician from kansas city that i really like and i told her him her name and he's like she used to make me lattes she was the barista at my coffee shop or something yes so like oh, so many great baristas out there it's true. <laughs> so many great <laughs> makers artists baristas yeah. <laughs> yes um Oh, I love that story. Yeah, Thanks. I do too. I, wonder... I do too. I feel very, I feel very warmed by it. Like I was like, oh, I, we're both doing the right things. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think all artists needs like re- you need so many reassurances that like that you're that you're like somehow going in the right direction because there's no plan ever. You know. Well, you you quite literally your words reached that person. I and then they came right back and and to I love I loved her music so it was very yeah very mushy. Hi, hi, Taryn. I hope you're listening. I know. Oh. Yeah, come on, Living Writers. Yeah. Let's talk about it. Um, uh, well, today on Living Writers, Catherine Lacey is here. We're, we're talking about um, certain American states' stories, Pew, the novel, out, uh, coming out in, in May. Um, and we'll all, well, actually, let's... Uh, Let's talk for a quick moment about websites. <laughs> I know this is like a bizarre sort of um, sort of move here. I don't usually talk about websites on Living Writers. No one looks at websites anymore. But they should definitely look at Catherine Lacey's website because <laughs> I, as soon as I saw that, I so I actually got to see the website before I got to see certain American states hold the book in my hand, and so the website I was just like. This is going to be good. <laughs> Some kind of weird person made this. Some kind of wonderful. <laughs> so, yeah, could you talk a little bit about, like, because the website, I, I think you didn't ask somebody else to no. make it for you. No, it's like, just, you, you, it yeah, seems. It's not, it's not hard. I mean, like, it's even easier, like, these days. Uh, the truth is, like, actually, I was a really dorky seventh grader and, like, the internet had just begun. And I used to, like, I learned how to code HTML and did all sorts of, like, weird. I mean, I don't remember how to do it anymore. I was like a very uppity twelve-year-old. But... It'll probably come back to you though, like, like the <laughs> I mean, riding know, the bike. I know the basics of it, you know, but I don't. I don't know how to do the stuff that I could do back then. But um, um, yeah. But, I just yeah, like, you... like I just realized. I don't know. Like I had a boring website, like any other author for the longest time, and then I just realized, like nobody's one. Nobody's looking at any of them. You know, like every once in a while, somebody will like check. For something, I mean, like it's I, how you I did. get contact looked, information, looked, right? <laughs> it happens every once in a while, you know. But like, uh, so I just thought I'm just gonna like make this ridiculous thing. I'm just gonna have fun with it and put up images that I like and like. I don't know. You can move it. I don't know. It just seems like it's. It should be another 
uh, I don't know. It should just be another um, like form or medium that that a person can like be creative with, rather than just making one that looks exactly like everyone else's. As if there's some sort of like you know website police, and like the author website police will come get you if you don't have like uh, everything in the exact same way that everybody else does. Um, yeah. Well, and you you again like with your it's like you. You create an ex- an experience for a visitor to the website where you're actually like, um, I don't know, there's the part. Um, it's just hilarious. Like even as you like, because, you know, you have to, of course, do certain um, things that you have to do for the genre, right? Like list your books. But how you do it is so funny, like um, <laughs> and and full of pathos and um, like, you know, okay. So here's one. Like if you want, we're wondering about what, we haven't talked about this book yet, The Answers, uh-huh. um, but it's out in 2017. So you get that book year. And then there's another column for questions and concerns. And then here it says, to what degree is a human emotional state measurable? Can we engineer a perfect relationship? Should pain exist? 304 pages. Like it's just. It's well, just... I just was tired of like, am I supposed to put up a bunch of like clips from what like reviewers think of it or like I'm supposed to put up the copy that like the publisher wrote about it and it all just sort of seems like I don't know I don't really want to do any of that anymore (laughs) I just feel tired of the way that I don't know like I don't know authors are really we're all really weird people but we all are also very um about certain things I think universally insecure and I think uh I think one of the one of those is uh the kind of the strangeness of like making a book that then becomes a kind of buyable product, you know, and there's something that's like that's years of my life that's been flattened out and made into this like buyable product. And it's one thing if like, I mean, I think bookstores are amazing. I like love buying books, but it's just a little it's just a little bit strange, you know. Um, and so I just didn't really want to use all the same language that like my publisher maybe would prefer that I use. But whatever. Um, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> So I just thought it would maybe be easier just to summarize it and like the questions that I thought maybe are there because that that's harder to argue with, you know, and then also just list the amount of pages in the book. <laughs> I know. It was so great. Like that would be something one might consider when right. considering like, oh, the book. I don't book. think I want like, the 300 page novel. I'll do the, um, you know, 200 page. Yeah. Collection. Yeah. And then go from there. Yeah. Then maybe tackle the 300 plus. But and but by the end of it, as you as you if one keeps scrolling down the page, it's like there's it's completely dynamic so that you are part of the experience like you're being asked questions um i've been meaning to add more to it like actually i i maybe everybody like give me a week or two and then there'll be more stuff there so oh, so i mean to like put more stuff on it you know oh okay and like images and things happening i don't know and the bottom it even says like lonely sir are you that <laughs> pops up like it's not there right away right. and then and then it comes up, and there's like a picture of a, like. A, how did you get to the bottom of the website? What's your problem? Why yeah, did you get all the way down there. Yes, <laughs> and there's like the floating head, the bust from I don't know. I didn't know who it was, but I don't know probably who it is a either. famous writer from. I don't think it Greeks. is. I think it's like I just pulled it out of an old photo. I had this old photo obsession where like I just really love um, old pictures of people I don't know. You know. And so, like, you can buy them at, you know... Oh, uh, at thrift stores yeah. and at Salvation Army. And, and I really have... there's I have this one whole collection. It's, like, 30 years of this woman's life. And it's always her alone. And someone is taking these pictures of her. And it's, like, so... 
it's so moving. Like she's a young woman and then she's older and then there's color and she gets these weird stuffed animals and like there's weird motel rooms. I, I think it's magical. Like, and I, I make, I, I don't know. I almost want to say that I was sad that somebody let them go, but so what? Now I have them and I love them. Yeah. So. They found a place. Yeah. Yeah, and probably she's dead and probably the person that took them is, is dead. And so no one can really remember what that feeling between them was. But it's kind of almost sort of there in the photos. And, um, yeah. Well, and that's something like this, what you're just describing, Catherine, is something that feels like it's a, a lot of part of what the questioning of some, like your stories and the novels and even co-authored books yeah, <laughs> of yours. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think all books should be mainly questions and I think it's dangerous if you feel like you're reading something that's telling you how you should feel or, or something where like the author has clearly decided something and wants you to know about it. Um, I sort of feel, yeah, increasingly suspicious of, I want books to prove me wrong though. Like this is a belief that I have that a book shouldn't be like telling me what to think about something, but, uh, I would be interested to read the novel that succeeds in telling me how to feel about something but it is also still satisfying as a novel or a, a piece of non a, a piece of a short fiction or something but I, I've always sort of felt like nonfiction is the place for that you know like but but then also I, I don't like this absolutist um stance that I'm taking and like saying what a novel is or isn't or what fiction is or isn't so so yeah yeah it seems like that isn't your um that's not your stance. Like if you were in the sunset, you wouldn't be like saying this is a novel. This is a short story. Although it does sound like, like when you were talking about the container um, mm -hmm. uh, for Pew and thinking mm -hmm. about it as like Sunday to Saturday that you felt like it, you knew it was a novel. It wasn't a short story. Yeah. Although, you know, it could move quickly and then would just be a short story or a novella or something. Um, I don't know why. I guess, I don't know. I mean, th this Pew is a really weird book for me. Like, it's it's very, um, it's very unlike the other ones. And even the one that I'm working on now, it feels like it's the most, it's the strangest, and it's the most over here. So, I don't know. Let's take a short break. Okay. When we come back, maybe we'll hear what you're working on okay. now. If that sure. yeah. if that doesn't jinx it or so. <laughs> um, today on the program, Catherine Lacey is here. Um, her her book of stories, Certain American States, um, the upcoming novel, Pew. Um, it's fundraiser here at, at WCBN. Um, so give us a call, 734-763-3500. Give us a call. Make a pledge. Um, let us know you're listening. We really value you out there. Um, we've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. We've got Sam behind the glass, and we'll be back.
every day they'd go out to the fields and nothing is planted. And line the tall grass. But one day he called her into the sanctuary. Kate, I've been touched by the Lord. I don't need you anymore. And she didn't know what to think, but she loved the Lord. So she just leaned back in the pew, thought about the tall grass, and said, Reverend, she said, Reverend, Reverend, the only reason I did it was to find out what it's like. Welcome back. If you're just tuning in now, I'm so glad you did. Today on the program, Catherine Lacey is here. We've been talking about certain American states' stories um, out with Picador 2018 and Pew, the the novel, uh, coming out in 2020. We've also been talking about Catherine's other novel novels, Nobody is Ever Missing and The Answers. Um, what do you think about, uh, well, I guess I should say a quick... Um, let me throw it over to you, Sam, because we're doing fundraiser here, um, and we'd love to hear from you. Give us a call. We are doing fundraiser, and if you want to support WCBN, all you have to do is call 
3500 and talk to one of the very friendly phone operators we've got waiting for your call we've got zoo we've got jada yeah. and we've got sue so um and i want to just say thanks to the liz for giving us a call um and the liz said to t and the crew living writers forever <laughs> <laughs> love the liz and um and I just, Catherine and I were talking at the break, and I have a note here in my prep notes for the, the program today at, at, with a like a star saying, the Liz would love your books, that I wanted Aww. to make sure that Catherine knew that. <laughs> um, the Liz is such a cool name. I know. Like, it's just very cool. <laughs> you have to earn that, you know. Com- I bet she does. Seems oh. like she, she did. Every day. Every yeah. day. <laughs> uh, and I see Tex. Tex is in the studio with Sam behind the glass. Tex, how are you? I would like to point out that the Liz is listening remotely at WCBN.org. I know we have some of you other folks out there who are listening beyond the sound of our voices in Washtenaw County. Uh, so this, uh, you know, this streaming apparatus doesn't come cheap. What we'd like is for you to give a call just once a year and uh, pledge your support at 734 763 3500 no credit card required university will bill you all you have to do is pick up the phone let us know you're listening um tex has been longtime a uh, friend engineer of living writers and me uh yeah and sam our our our, our latest engineer um extraordinaire i feel so lucky and today to have katherine lacy here with me in the studio um to to just talk about writing it's been i've been loving it sometimes i i, I forget i was like yep we've got fundraiser <laughs> we've got to got to mention it um, and not to mention we have t we are so happy to be on your team, T. Oh, thanks, Sam. Oh, man. <laughs> Got the blush for radio. <laughs> um, well, okay. So so back back to that. But give us a call, everyone. 734-763-3500. As you're listening, give us a call. Um, so, Catherine, let's... Um, do you want me to read a, a I, sentence? Is that what was going to happen? That would be so great. This okay. would be the perfect time. Okay, great. Um, I'm just going to read the first. It's a very, it's a very long sentence. It, um, it's a very long sentence, and it's the first <laughs> sentence in the first story in certain American states. Uh, the title of the story is "Violations." He had wanted to make sure she wouldn't write about him, but he knew he couldn't ask her. How- outright not to write about him, since he was sure such a question would set off a lecture about how he was not within his rights to put restrictions on her work, and she might even tease him for being narcissistic enough to believe that she was planning to write about him, and he would take issue with that word, narcissistic, a diagnosis that she was well aware that he'd often feared his friends and acquaintances might have been all along privately giving him, and he would insist it was merely practical, not narcissistic, to assume that she, his ex-wife, whose last two books had contained many arguably autobiographical details, might choose to include some or many details that may appear to some to have been lifted from their complicated years together, and they're not exactly undramatic ending. But she would probably respond to this by saying it was ridiculous and childish of him to accuse her of writing autobiography, especially since he knew how much trouble such accusations had caused her in the past. And even if she did end up writing something that contained some or many details that echoed her life, as every writer did or had done at some point or sometimes constantly, 
She knew that he knew that she was not interested in writing memoir, and she knew that he knew that she was, as a reader and a writer, only interested in work that used the tangibility of character and plot as a method to elucidate intangible ideas, not to record a personal history. And even if she did write a character that somewhat resembled him, she could never really write about him, the truest and realest him, because there was no such thing as the, an immovable constant self. And even if there were such a thing, she certainly couldn't claim she knew his or if she did, it was far too abstract to put into words. And anyway, he had always seemed either incapable or indifferent to being emotionally vulnerable with her. And even after all their years together, she was still baffled and deeply hurt by the sudden revelation of his secret cruelty and the damage he had been capable of inflicting upon her. So, of course, she wasn't going to write about him because she had clearly never known him. And no matter how many times he would try to interrupt this tirade, which would have all the while been increasing in speed and volume, he would not be able to speak loudly or force enough to correct her original misunderstanding of what he had said. Of course, he didn't think that she wrote autobiography, but by the time she had finished her speech, he would be too tired to say anything else, and his being too tired to make his case would be the equivalent of raising a white flag, a submission that might later double as his waiving any right to be dismayed by the conclusion of some phrase or plot element or character in her next work that might he might recognize, whether narcissistically or correctly, as being based on something he had said or done or been. Anyway, that's that's one sentence. That's one. I mean, sentence. you weren't kidding when you said that. I noticed that when I read that. I thought I looked back. <laughs> it's a little ridiculous, you know. I mean, I, and I, it, it's it, it's a weird. I think it's the only story I've ever really written that's kind of uh, meta and and about like a writer writing about writing, um, which I I actually enjoy. Sometimes I enjoy reading books that are about writers, but other times I think. Just, just spare me, you know. But, <laughs> uh, but anyway, so that that one's that way. That's how it goes. And but anyway, so but it's but the, the the husband goes on and he's reading a story that he's afraid is maybe about him, and then he calls his wife, ex-wife, to complain about it, and um, yeah. So, <laughs> and when you were drafting it, Catherine, were you just like, I'm, like you were just. Like, is that sort of you just went with it because that's what it is like with that making of that sentence. And in the, the sentence, you found the character, too, who yeah. was the writer that was going to write like and speak like this. And... Right. I it, I think it happens more often with me with short stories where like some situation or 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 thought kind of matrix will come together and I have this sentence and immediately it's like the sentence is it doesn't tell me what the the whole thing will be but like it kind of points me in the direction of like here's what the here's what the laws of this story are going to be like if you can figure it out you know and so with that one I think that that was definitely the first sentence that I wrote and I'm not sure I really had to um I mean I definitely edited it to some degree but I think like often when uh, when a sentence arrives that's 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 one of these that actually will like point me in the right direction, it just kind of just comes out, you know, that way. So it mainly just came out that way. Yeah. And it's and those moments are, you know, it's not like they're they're very they're brief. always happening. Right? <laughs> they're very infrequent. Like I sometimes like I'm describing it and I'm like, God, I sound like such an asshole that like it no. just came out that way. But it's like, okay, this is like half of a quarter of a percent of the time that I'm sitting in front of the desk, you know. Right. Um and you're sitting there, like you were saying, in the percentages there. Yeah. You're there a lot. Yeah, I am there a lot. 
It's like it's it's and it's also where you want to be. It's part of like it's part of your your practice. Um, you're it's part so- of my like personality flaws. You know, it's like it's everything. But <laughs> <laughs> well, then, well, that's a great way to harness that yeah. for yeah. good. Well, I think that's what everybody has to do to some degree. Is like you, everybody has their like their their glitch. You know, that's like just their thing that they can't. Like, there's just no arguing with it. This is just how you are. And usually there's, like, a negative side to that and a positive side to that quality, you know. And I think, um, yes, unfortunately, some people are writers. (laughs) (laughs) That's classic that you say that. It reminds me, um, and very true, right, Um, but in a good way, too. I feel like that was reminding me of something that you had had, uh, remarked about... um, like a book, like there's no, um, any good oh. book has problems. And I loved that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's definitely limit. I think that can be part of the the anxiety of um, like, oh, I don't think I want to write anything because there'll be flaws in it. But like, of course, there are going to be flaws in it. And I, Or like you look back at something you wrote, and you're embarrassed of it. But like, of course, there's of course, there's problems. in it. It's a book, you know, like there were things you had to leave out. There were things you couldn't get to. There were things it was just every choice sort of closes a door somewhere else. So. I don't know. And and it also feels like once you've written the book too, then you've moved a, a like in time you move on and you're yeah, also a then different, you're different writer. Yeah. Person. Yeah. Which is what scares me about these projects that take many, many years because by the time you get to the end of it you're like, Oh no, I don't even know who started this book. Like you know, like what sometimes trying to balance the checkbook at the end of it is sort of difficult. Yeah. But arguments for writing quickly, I guess. <laughs> Um, Let's take a short break. Today on Living Writers, Catherine Lacey is here. We've got fundraiser happening right now at WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. As you know, call us. Give us give us a call. Pledge 734-763-3500. We've got text. Do you feel like saying a few words? I'd like to thank Frank and Amanda who called in. Uh, they do this show sometimes. <laughs> Thanks, you too. So uh, you can do it too. Uh, there are different ways of supporting this show, and one of them is to march over to your phone like the person who just made the phone <laughs> ring. Woo! Phones and are call 734-763-3500. Thanks so much to Amanda Yuli and Frank Yuli for calling in. Of Frank does post-production work for every show that we have on the Living Writers website. Um, Amanda Yuli takes over uh, Living Writers during the summer and does a block of, of 10 episodes. Um, it's become our new tradition, something I, I look forward to and I know listeners do every year as well. Um, yeah, and so Amanda Yuli and Frank Yuli, part of um, our Living Writers team and community, and so are you. Um, thanks for listening. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back to talk more today with Catherine Lacey.
tears in your street Underneath the Algonquin dirt I'll wait in deep Well I ain't dead honey I'm just singing in the dead key Ancient hymns are just the buzzing of the TV Fiction is Welcome back. If you're just tuning in, I'm happy you're here with us today. Catherine Lacey is here on Living Writers um, talking about certain American states, stories, and also the upcoming novel, Pew. Um, It's fundraiser. It's fundraiser, folks. You know that time of the year. Give us a call. Um, We're so glad you're out there. 734-763-3500. Knowing you're out there is why we're in here doing what we do. <laughs> Sam, Sam, what is it? We just got another call. Oh, we did. Yeah. <laughs> the call's coming in. Thanks for calling. <laughs> um, that number, I'll tell you again, 734-763-3500. Um, you know what? Earlier today, Catherine, mm-hmm. earlier today, and it's actually inside of this hour, you mentioned having a dog to, uh. to get up. So is walking, like having having your dog and walking, is it also part of like, I don't know, the process oh. of writing oh, too? Oh, totally. Well, I mean, that's And, and what kind of dog do you have? <laughs> I have the best dog in the world. He's, well, I... Yeah, he is, well, I want to say he's, he is the best dog in the I world. I do too. I'm sorry. Everybody thinks they're I do the too. Best, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, um, he's a human being. Um, that is happens to be a dog right now, um, but uh, yeah, I think even lo- long before I had uh, a dog to walk, uh, I think walking has always been a big part of my process. Like, um, and I think just a part of like my life. I don't know why I just I'm just like one of those people that likes to walk as 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 much as possible. In any just condition. to move, and it's because it kind of seems like it's walking is is thinking in a way. Too. Oh, definitely, definitely, and it's it's a. I feel like you can get into a state, especially if you um, walk somewhere with no agenda and you don't have uh, you don't have your cell phone with you or you're not um, touching it in any way. Um, and yeah, you can get into a place where your thoughts can surprise you again, and you can kind of get into that place where you were when you were a kid and things were like why are things this way and you're looking around and absorbing uh the landscape or or you know the city or wherever you are um yeah it's always been I've I've definitely like I've had many moments where if I'm in the when I'm writing a novel it just follows you around you know if you go for a walk it's going for a walk with you and maybe it's not (laughs) saying anything maybe it is um but I've definitely have had like a uh, walk induced decisions where like, I didn't know how to end something or what was going to happen. And then it's like, it just comes, it's like the walk delivers this thing to you. It's like, Oh, here it is. You walked for long enough. Here you go. You got this thing now, you know? Cause it's so. almost like you created this openness, like mm-hmm. for your, your mind. Right. And you can just get relaxed and like some kind of, uh, interior sort of human logic that we don't always have immediate access to will come out during the walk or it's like, you know, it, it's not about like you doing anything. It's about there being stories just built into 
into being a human. And, you know, we've all read like, you know, tons of stories and had many stories read to us and heard them and watched them and listened to them and everything. So uh, they're all in there, <laughs> you know, and it's like that they're not yours. They're everybody's. And and then th that's what kind of gets, I think, feeds into whatever you write, you know. And then it's your mind, though, that then makes it into the thing that you feel like. I think you were talking about earlier, Catherine, where it feels like it's its own thing, like that first sentence of violations that we heard. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah, it just felt like it had its own sort of logic and it, and it, and it, you know, I don't know. I think it's really just like you read, you read too much and then it just sort of starts overflowing. Like you put too many books in your head and then either, I know probably a lot of people have experienced this, but I feel like at some point when I was like a teenager, I started to realize that I was, uh, rather than just observing things, I was just immediately turning it into language in my head, which is a problem. Like you kind of, uh, I don't know if you always want to be that way, you know, like I think there's something nice about sort of being in a, a, a space without language. Um, but, but I think if, <laughs> if this happens to you, you know, you kind of have to write it down. You so. might be a writer. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about like the being like walking around without a phone, without, you know, mm -hmm. with, and it's, it felt like describing like being a, like engaged, but alive, like more alive. <laughs> like, doesn't it sound like being alive, not having your phone? It sounds a lot like life, doesn't it? <laughs> and connecting back to like this, like you said, like a kid, like this yeah. curiosity yeah. about being alive. Yeah. I had, um, right before I wrote my first book, I went on this trip. I thought I was doing something different. I thought I was going to be a, uh, I wanted to... And there's a lot of steps to to describing this, but I wanted to, I, I had studied nonfiction. I wanted to be some kind of nonfiction writer. I wanted to write about other people. I wanted to write about real things in the world. And uh, at the time I got really interested in um, food policy in America and I wanted to know uh, how farms worked and I wanted to know um, like the whole, I wanted to know everything about the way that the government interacts with our food supply and, and how food is produced in America or um, shipped in or whatever. And I thought, well, if I wanted, if I wanted to things about farms, I probably should work on some farms. And at, I decided also, I was like, well, I could go to New Zealand and do woofing and hitchhike and that would be really cheap. And if I went for like three months, then it would be a really cheap way to live. And I would work on a bunch of different farms and I would be in New Zealand. So I decided to do this ostensibly to research things. This was in 2010 and, uh, there weren't, I didn't have a smartphone and there wasn't really internet in many places. And so I just, I was just, I was just AWOL for like three months and I didn't really quite realize what that was going to mean, you know? Right. Um, but I think it was, it's not like I wrote anything useful at the time, but I do think that it kind of, um, like bent my brain up in a way that it needed to be bent up in. So, um, I recommend it if you can find some sort of way, you know, Desert your children, quit your job, <laughs> or, you know, maybe do this when you're quite young. That's also helpful to just to be absent, you know, so to be absent in this way that society defines it, but in a way to be more present. Right. Right. Or to figure out something yeah. about your mind and your body. Right. Everything. I mean, I say this, I know it's like every like tech entrepreneur out there has said that like I'm just I just you know tripped ayahuasca for three months and it was oh. great and everybody should do it like I don't want to be that person. living writer's advice <laughs> no there's very simple ways that you can do it even if it's just an afternoon or something um yeah you know and there's there's cheap ways too because I think 
my only expense on that trip was the plane ticket. Yeah. So. Catherine, I wish we had hours more. You'll have to come back. This is just part one. Oh, great. If that, does that yeah. sound good? Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, so, you've, so everyone, today on the program, Catherine Lacey, um, been having, yes, you've been along for it. This fantastic conversation with um, oh, this amazing uh, author, a writer right here in Ann Arbor, who's coming through town and stops in to the, the basement studios at WCBN um, FM, uh, the campus radio station for the University of Michigan. Um, like, it's amazing. Like, we're, we're still here. WCBN FM loves you. You're listening. Um, we we appreciate you. Give us a call. Um, keep calling because the fundraiser goes on. It goes on through, I think, through Saturday, through Sunday, Sunday, right? Through the weekend. So call now, but keep calling. I mean, or call whenever. 734-763-3500. Um, I'd like to thank Claire Tobin at FSG um, for sending along some some books. Um, thanks, Sam, for engineering, being the newest part of the team, for Tex, for, for being here as a longstanding member of team, Amanda and Frank. Gina's uh, birthday today, otherwise she would have been here. Um, to Stephanie out there listening, um, the Liz, We'd like to thank Stephanie and Lyndon who called oh. in and said, oh, geez. T and Tex rock. We'd also like to thank Harry Freed for calling in. Oh, thanks, Harry. So long time we, listener. Uh, yeah, long time listener. If you're a long time listener or a short timer, we invite you to call 734-763-3500. Oh, and Stephanie and baby Lyndon. Oh, brilliant. Um, and a woof to Waylon out there, too, since we've been talking dogs, right, Catherine? Yes. Since we've been talking specifically. Specifically, woofers. <laughs> There's so many good things. Um, I hope you all are having a good day out there. Um, I know it makes my day better knowing that um, I've got this radio station here and all the people here around us. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Um, thanks for calling today. Thanks for pledging. Um, I'm T. Hetzel. Until next time.
All right, we should be on now. Are you able to hear me? Yep. Fantastic. All right, we just took over from Living Writers on WCBN. So now you are joining us for the Daily Sports Report uh, on 88.3 FM Ann Arbor. I am Joshua Tenzer, joined here by Jack Manka. How are you today? I'm good. How's it going, Josh? I'm, it's going pretty well. I had a, an interesting run-in with uh, Starbucks. I used, my first, uh, I used the Starbucks app for the first time today. Tried to order hot chocolate. I got rid of all the bells and whistles. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a cup of steamed milk. It was, it was an interesting moment for me. That is interesting. So now onto the sports. the The headlining story today is a man by the name of John Beeline. I feel like you must have heard of him. Uh, the name sounds familiar. Yes. Yes, he uh, was a Michigan basketball coach. He also was a Cleveland Cavaliers head coach. He stepped down today. Here's a quote from him. Uh, I'm not sure if you follow basketball that much. We didn't have a, a good chance to talk before the show. Enough to know about this man named John Beeline. Yep. All right. Fantastic. So here's a quote from him. Uh, Over these last nine months, I have given my all to this organization, but after much reflection, I have decided that it is best that I step back and resign from my position as head coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers and assist the organization in a different capacity. I am very grateful to Dan Gilbert, Kobe Altman, and the entire Cavaliers organization for the opportunity they have provided me. This was a very difficult decision for me, but I want to be clear. This was my decision to step down, and I truly